Staying true to America's national destiny, the voice of the awakening. Your host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. He does not sleep. Amen. So while you're sleeping, he's plotting. Um, why, why you're watching whatever. <laughs> he's plotting. Amen. Glory to God. Four things that you need to do when you are in a period of intense prayer. The first thing you need to do is found in Isaiah 43, 26. Isaiah 43, 26. You need, in fact, you just go to it. Just go to it. It says, put me in remembrance. Let us contend together. Isn't that what Jacob was doing? Let us contend together. State your case that you may be acquitted or that you may be found righteous. Here's, here's the first thing you need to do. State your case. State your case. You know, lay the case out before God. Now, somebody who is theologically educated beyond their own education and sophistication would say, well, Bishop, why do I need to do that? God already knows. Because he said so. Very simple. Because he said do it. You know, he, the Bible says he knows what you need before, we, before you ask him. But what does he say? Ask. Ask. What's the book of James say? You have not because what? You ask not. So state your case. Put it out before him. Lay it out. You know why God has us do that? It's not because we're informing him. It's because we're getting a better understanding ourselves as we put it before him. That's why you state your case. You know, I'll tell you something. Some of the, the best ideas I've had have come when I'm talking to God about a problem. And all of a sudden I think, Lord, I never thought of that. Why? Because he's ministering to me as I'm laying out to him what is going on. Amen? Amen. Father, you know the situation. You know what happened in my finances here. And look, and look, if you messed up, just say it. And Father, look, I made a mistake here. I messed up. I did something I had no business doing. But I know you still love me. And I know you're still going to take care of me. So, Lord, help me to undo the mess I created for myself. Or maybe you didn't mess up. Somebody else did. Lord, I forgive them. But, Father God, they have created a problem for me. Now, I got to deal with this situation. Amen? Amen. Father, you, you saw what happened. I, I lost that job. Lord, I'm not ready for that. Lord, but I know you are. You know what's coming up. You know the rent man's knocking on the door. You know the light bills do. You, you know the heat bills do. Amen. Lay it out before God. Amen. Amen. Listen, no Christian ever has to lose their home. But I'm sorry. I, look, and I'm not trying to point fingers at people because we've been close to that. But you don't, that doesn't happen. Look, you serve the God of the universe. Everything belongs to him. Glory to God. You go to him and lay, lay it out for him. State your case for him. I told you all when that situation happened down here, Sister Jackson, I went six months and didn't pay a mortgage payment. Usually six months, you already, they already taken that house. Six months. And I was, I, I was intensely seeking God. Look, look, still not as, as deep in the word 14 years ago as I am now. And still got a long way to go, so don't get me wrong. But still not as deep as I am now. And, 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 and I'm praying, yes, but I'm doing a whole lot of ugly praying. Amen. God, you sent me down here. Amen. How come this happened to me? Why'd you let this happen? Lord, I don't understand. You know, so I'm doing some of that too. 
But in the meantime, I'm saying, but you got to help me. <laughs> you got to get me out of this situation. Because <laughs> we had a bad case. And I, you all have heard me tell that story many times. I picked up the phone and called the mortgage company. And I said, uh, look, I, I know we're way behind on our payments. I, I know that normally our house would have been taken by now. And they were in the process of doing it. I said, but I'm telling you, God gave us this house. And I know, now look, I don't even know who I'm talking to. God gave us this house. And I know he's not going to let us lose it. And that woman, I, will, I don't know who she is to this day. I hope I'll meet her in heaven. But that woman said to me, I know, because he sent you to me. I know, because he sent you to me. And, tur and turned around and rewrote that mortgage like we'd never missed a payment. She sure enough did. Six, now who keeps their house after not making payments six months? P particularly back there during that time. Amen? Amen. No, you, you, look, God will see you through, but state your case. Lay it out before him. Amen? Amen. 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 That's the first thing. That's the first thing. Now, now here's the second thing. Not only state your case, but you need to be very, very clear with God about what you need him to do or how you see the situation. Amen? How you see it unfolding. Say, Lord, here's the situation. Here's what I believe has got to happen. You've got to just lay that out before God. Father, I, 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 I've got to be able to pay X dollars. I've got to be able to, 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 to do this or that or the other. Lord God, I've got to be able to get a new job by such and such a time or, or this is the situation. See, look, God doesn't want you to turn your mind off. Amen? God wants you to think. He will help you think. Oh, do I have a witness here? God will help you think through that thing, saints. You've got to understand, understanding yourself of what it is you think needs to happen. Now, look, God can make adjustments. Oh, do I have a witness? And he will do that. He will do that. He will make adjustments as is needed. And, and, and look, and as you're laying it out, don't, don't just lay it out, but look. Look, say, and, and now, Father God, this is the way I see it. But give me your wisdom. Give me your wisdom on this thing. Ask God for wisdom about it. The Bible says, if any of you lack wisdom, ask of God who gives to all liberally and uh, does not upbraid. Lord, that's the way I see it, but help me to see it the way you see it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. See, uh, every problem has a lever to it. Every problem, you know, the Bible says, there is no temptation which has befallen you, but such as is common to man. God is faithful with the temptation. He will make a way of escape that you will be able to bear it. Didn't say he gave you the problem. Said he makes the way of escape. There's a lever to every problem. There's a button. There's a key issue. Help me to see, Lord, what the key issue is. Help me to see what the key move is. God may say, he may tell you to do something you don't even understand it. Just like, I don't know why I picked up the phone and called those people. I didn't have any money. But I just, and I don't know why I said to somebody who what? I didn't know who she was. I mean, she could have been an atheist and said to me, God going, who does that what? I know one thing, you better send me some money in here. <laughs> but God may have you do something that doesn't make any sense to you. But, but when the Spirit of God speaks to you, understand, you need to yield to that. God is trying to show you his wisdom in the thing. Amen? Amen. Lord, give me your wisdom. Now, here's the third thing. Ask for strength. Ask for strength. Because, look, 
the, the greatest danger we have in getting through difficult situations is the strength to endure until the breakthrough comes. The strength to endure until the breakthrough comes. Because the enemy wants to try to break you down. Just have you just, just give up and just wallow in it. Oh, God, I, I, I give up, Lord. See? And, Lord, God, give me strength to hold on. And, saints, when you pray for strength, look, I, I've seen it happen. I mean, I, I, the discouragement trying to come at me like a load of locomotive. I mean, I can could, I could hear the whistle blowing. Here, here it comes. Oh, God, here it comes. Roaring at me. And I say, Lord, give me strength. That thing just like, just stop right there. And I, you know, I, I think about it and say, Lord, I feel good. Praise the name of the Lord. He just, he just put strength into you. Look, the Bible says when Jesus was about to go to the cross, the Bible says being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. And what happened? An angel came and strengthened him. And he got up and told the disciples, get up. What you all sleeping for? I'm the one in trouble. <laughs> Come on, y'all. Amen. Bible said they were sleeping for sorrow. He was up ready to go. Amen. Why? He had been strengthened. Amen. God will strengthen you if you ask him to strengthen you. And then here, look, here's the, here's the fourth thing. Thank God for the answer now. Thank God for the answer now. Don't wait till the answer comes. Thank him for it now. Say, Lord God, thank you. Thank you for my breakthrough. Thank you that you've made a way out of no way. I told you all during that crisis, I didn't have the level of maturity that I've got now. Like I said, still got a long way to go. But, but you know, it, I, I came through ugly. I came through kind of ugly. You know, I, I'm a boxing fan, and, and, and some fights I won't watch because, you know, some fights the guys are sharp. And even, you know, it may not even be that exciting a fight, but they're sharp and they're moving and they look good. And some fights, they look like two women. And I just turned, I mean, forgive me, women. <laughs> but, they, you know, they just, you know, it, it's ugly. But somebody wins. And then sometimes they say, well, it was an ugly win, but it was a win. <laughs> well, I had an ugly win. Because, because when, when, I, when the breakthrough finally came and the money began to come, and I said, praise the Lord, hallelujah, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. And God said, why didn't you do that in the first place? He said, you waited until I did something for you, and I appreciate the praise now, but I would appreciate it more if in the midst of the trouble, you just said, Lord, I'm going to praise you anyhow. Anyhow, I don't care what the devil tries to do to me. I'm going to praise. See, now I know better now. Hallelujah. I'm not going to accuse God. Why this? Why are you doing this? No, Lord, thank you for my breakthrough. Thank you for my blessing. Thank you that you already made a way out of no way. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in my life. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't wait till the battle is over. Shout now because you know you've already won. Glory to God. And when you begin to shout, the devil gets ambushed. He doesn't know what to do. He can't stand that praise. God inhabits the praises of his people, and the devil can't stand in the midst of the Shekinah glory of Almighty God. He's got to run. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now look, look, the last thing I want to say to you is this. I want to caution you, don't wait for a crisis to produce intensity. 
Don't wait until you're in Jacob's place. Be intense all the time. You say, well, now, Bishop, how in the world can you do that? Let me explain to you how to do it. I'm, I'm going to give you just four more simple steps to explain how to do this. Number one, have a definite spiritual goal. In other words, what do you want? Know what you really want. What are you looking for? See, I know what I'm looking for. And nobody can stop me because I'm determined to see it through. And when, when I don't see things happening, what do I do? I mean, last year we, we saw, you know, the, a sort of downturn. And what we do, we started 5.30 a.m. prayer. Come on, let's pray some more. I'm not going, oh, God, man. I don't know what. And then, no, no, let's pray. Hallelujah. Because I, I know what I'm looking for. I can see what God has for me. And I know God is not trying to keep it from me, but the devil's fighting me. Because he knows the lives you can impact. He knows the people you can help. He knows the things you can accomplish. Amen? Amen. So he wants to, he wants to stop that work in his tracks. Glory to God. And look, look, the greater the plan God has for you, the more the devil wants to stop you. He doesn't know the future. He doesn't know God's plan, but he ain't dumb. He can see what God is doing with you. Amen? Hallelujah. What's your goal? What is it that you're looking for? I mean, it can be long-term or it can be something short-term. But, you know, you've got to be intense about it. That's why we started having prayer focused on Mondays and Tuesdays on evangelism. And we pray predominantly about that. Why? To, to give us some intensity. To give us some focus on reaching souls for Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. On Friday and Saturday, what? For the service. Why? To, to ask God for the anointing to be here. Amen. Father God, and you, look, you all don't know, and, and, and I want to say this. Please don't misunderstand what I'm about to say because I want you to hear it in the right spirit. Everywhere I go and speak, people say, oh. You know, you, the way you speak is just blah, 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 blah. It's, it, God has given me a gift of communication. I didn't create it. He gave it to me. So I can't, you know, oh, yeah, I'm really wonderful. But let me tell you something. Never a day goes by that I don't pray about my gift. Never a day goes by that I don't say, Lord, help me to do this better. You gave me the gift, but help me to do it better. And when I get ready to speak, let me tell you something. You, I... If you could see in the privacy of my life, you would never, ever, ever find me in my own thoughts saying, well, I know how to do this, and I know I'm going to be good. You'd never find me saying that because I say, Lord, I can't do this without you. And Lord, and, and so uh, the last time I went and spoke at a breakfast, and it wasn't a ch church event, but it was mainly among Christian people, and I wasn't speaking, uh, you know, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. I was just doing some speaking about the, about the country and about the need for bringing God back into the center of things and so forth. And I had preachers come up to me after and say, man, I mean, the anointing of God was on you. Now, here's my point. That's not because I stayed up all night the night before. It's because I'm always talking to God about it. Always talking to him about it. Lord God, help me. I, in fact, one of the prayers I often pray is say, Lord God, help me that when I speak, it digs into the hearts of men and causes them, Father God, to come under conviction. 
Because it's not about me, it's about you and what you're trying to do in the lives of people. I don't care if they never remember my name, but I want them to remember Jesus. Glory to God. You want to be ready when and if the crisis comes. You want to already be in an intense time. Amen? So you want to have a definite goal. Now here's the second thing you want to do. You want to make a quality decision. Quality decisions, decision, uh, decision what? About which there is no compromise, from which there is no retreat, and over which there is no reconsideration. No compromise, no retreat, no reconsideration. Most Christians make decisions this way. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm going to do that. That's not a decision. That's not a decision. The word decision comes from the word scission, which is to cut, like incision. And so a decision is to cut away. You de-size. You, you, you take things away. In other words, you narrow your field of action. You eliminate things. I have decided this. And that's it. I'm going to do it. Amen? Amen. So now you make a decision, for example, Lord, we, we've been talking about praying three times a day. You make that a quality decision and you pursue it and pursue it and pursue it and pursue it and you never give it up. And guess what? After a while it becomes part of your life. You just do it without thinking about it. In fact, the Lord told me to tell you this. If that's a struggle for you, he said, here's what you do. Every transition of your day, you pray. When you go out to get in your car to go to work, even if you prayed that morning before you left, when you go out to your car to get to work, when you put your hands on the steering wheel, just pause and say, Father God, I want to thank you for this car. I want to thank you for safety on the road. Thank you for the job that you've given me. Lord, lead God and direct me. I love you so much. I praise you. I worship you. I'm yours, Lord. God, let me dedicate this day afresh and anew to you. Just talk to God. Amen? When you get ready to eat your lunch, instead of saying, good food, good meat, good Lord, let's eat. Take the time, not to just pray over the food, but say, Father, let me take this moment to just thank you, praise you. Lord, be real in my life. Be real in my life. See, if you do that, you won't have any problem praying three times a day. Amen? Amen. You'll, you'll end up praying four or five times a day. They don't have to be long prayers, but you are constantly talking to God. Guess what that creates? And that creates an atmosphere of continuing conversation with God. Amen? Hey, man, you've got to make the quality decision to do it, though. I'll tell you what, I went to the dentist. <laughs> I went to the dentist last week, and, uh, you know, for years, the dentist has been on me. My dentist has been on me say, you know, your teeth are, are doing good, because, you know, there's time when people used to always lose their teeth. They got old. But that's because they didn't know how to take care of them. You know, there's no flossing and so forth. But he say, but, you know, it would do a lot better if you brush every night before you went to floss and brush every night before you go to bed. I said, yeah, I'm going to do that. I get sleep and go to bed. But the last time I went, he said, this is what's going to cost you to get some of these teeth fixed. I said, I'm going to start brushing at night, doctor. <laughs> I've just made a quality decision. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> that was two or three weeks ago. I think I've missed two nights since. Because <laughs> when he told me what it was going to cost me, it was time for a quality decision. Amen. <laughs> Amen. But, 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 but we, need, we need to decide what we're going to do and then stick with it. Amen? Amen. And then here's the third thing. Develop consistent discipline. Consistent discipline. You know, 
If you develop a habit, it will control your destiny. People develop bad habits with a lack of will. You can develop good habits with prayer and will. In other words, things just become part of your life. You need consistent discipline. Stick with, in other words, it takes focus to stick with something until it becomes part of you. Amen? And that's what you really want. You want unconscious competence. You want to do it because it's so deep in your being to do it that you don't have to wake up and beat yourself to make, you, to, to make yourself do it. You just do it. It's just part of who you are. Amen? Amen. Amen. And, and you can have intensity on an ongoing basis by making a quality decision, having consistent discipline, and having a definite goal. And the goals can change. We're about to do our vision boards here. Amen. Amen. You can have goals, things that you're praying about. I told you all, for several years in our house, we had no living room furniture, no dining room furniture. All we had was seats set up because we were having services there. And, of course, Sister Jackson wants her house furnished. And she continually reminds me. Um, and uh, I was thinking to myself, Lord, this is working out pretty good because we can have services at the end, you know, no, no problem. But I knew she wanted furniture, and I would step out there and look at that those empty rooms, and I'd say, in the name of Jesus, I see furniture in this room that is paid for, that is beautiful, that my wife is happy with, that is furniture of quality. And I must have done that for two years. And when the Lord finally gave us furniture, we didn't owe a dime on it. It was beautiful furniture. Sister Jackson liked it. That was all that ultimately mattered to me. Amen. She liked it. But I never, I never gave that up. When I was saying that when I didn't have a dime to buy it. But I could see it in my spirit that it was coming. Amen. Amen. I was intense about it. Praise God. I didn't stay up all night one night. See, because, look, you stay up all night and pray the wrong way, you just have a worse day the next day than you. I mean, my goodness gracious. Amen. Practice intensity on an ongoing basis. Hallelujah. Now, look, we see these examples in both Daniel and Jesus. Now, when, when the king came up with this law, well, actually, the satraps and the, and the astrologers and the wizards came up with it because they didn't like Daniel. And they wanted to make Daniel, uh, they wanted to get Daniel out of the king's favor. So they came up with this law and said, anybody who prays to any god other than uh, uh, the king, uh, they're going to be thrown in the lion's den. And so Daniel heard that news. And the Bible says Daniel went home and said, just as his custom had been, open the windows toward Jerusalem and prayed three times every day. See, when Daniel got to the lions, then he didn't have to stay up all night with the lions. Oh, God, don't let the lions eat me. Don't let the lions eat me. No. Here they are. They're growling. Daniel was already prayed up, saints. He was ready when the lions then came. Hallelujah. He was already set. He was good to go. Amen. Amen. And when the king said, oh, Daniel, is your God able to deliver you? He said, my God has sent his angels. And it shut the liar's mouths. Oh, king, live forever. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And when Daniel so concerned about Jerusalem, he wanted an answer. Lord, what's going to happen? Because you remember, Daniel was in captivity. He was a very high-level captive, but he was a captive. He was not at home. All of his people were slaves, really, to the king of Persia. Daniel just had a very high-level position because he trusted him, because the favor of God was on him. But he wanted answers. And the Bible says he prayed 21 days and fasted 21 days and ate no sweet bread and, and ate, ate no delicacy and just sought God and sought God. And when the Bible, the Bible says when the angel of God appeared to him, 
He said, Daniel said, from the day you began to seek the Lord, he said, God dispatched me. He said, but the devil, he said, the king of Persia was the one who held me up. See, the devil's the one trying to hold you up. God's not trying to hold your stuff up. But Daniel didn't quit. Daniel just kept on praying. And what did God do? God then gave him a revelation of the whole end times. Glory to God. How, many, how long it would take before the children of Israel would be regathered into their land. And, and, and much of the book of Revelation is based upon the book of Daniel. God gave him revelation. See, you want an answer? God's got your answer. God's got your answer. Amen. I don't care what it is. Saints, while I was on the campaign trail, and I'm going to say this to you all, while I was on the campaign trail, I, I did something, and I'll tell you what, I am, I am really not happy with myself over it, but you get busy and you don't know. But I have my, my family heirloom, my father's ring, that ring is older than I am, and my wedding band, and I don't know what happened to them. But you know what? My ring's coming back here. Amen. I'm going to get me an answer. Amen. I don't care who it is because they're not any good to anybody else. So I've already told the Lord. I said, now, Lord, you know where they are. They might be stuck in my house somewhere, you know, falling back in a corner, something like that. Amen. But I said, Lord, you know where they are. Hallelujah. I, I have no idea because I can't believe I travel without them because without them, I almost feel naked. So I can't believe that I left somewhere like Northern Virginia and traveled without noticing it. I didn't notice until I was home. So I'm thinking, well, maybe they're home somewhere. But I said, Lord, you know where they are. Those angels you got guarding me and helping me, Lord God, I want you to have them get my rings. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory. Look, look, God has the answer for you, saints. He's got the answer. And Jesus Christ, at the beginning of his ministry, don't you dare ever forget this. At the beginning of his ministry, when the, 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 the Holy Spirit came upon him like a dove after he was baptized, the Bible says he was filled with the Spirit. But he went out into the wilderness. And when he came back after fasting 40 days and 40 nights and being tempted by the devil, the Bible says, is in Luke chapter 4, I don't have time to go to it, but the Bible says he came back not just filled with the Spirit, but in the power of the Spirit. In the power of the Spirit. He spent 40 days intensely seeking God. The Bible says it wasn't until after the 40 days was up and he hungered that Satan even came to him. What was he doing? Seeking God. In the word, I guarantee he had those scrolls out there of the old covenant and he was looking through them, finding himself and, and, and seeking the father about what he was to do. Because as soon as he left that wilderness, what he did, went right down to Nazareth, preached his first sermon. He shook those folk up so bad they tried to throw him off a cliff. He was coming in power. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Miracles and healings and signs and wonders began to break out. Saints, whether it's intensity because there's a crisis or it's intensity because you built it into your life, you've got to have spiritual intensity if you want to see the best that God has for you. Hallelujah. You've got to have this attitude. I don't care what the doctor said. I'm not letting go till I get my healing. I don't care what the lawyer said. I'm not letting go till I get my breakthrough. I don't care what my family said. I'm not letting go till my loved one is saved. I don't care what the trouble is. I'm not letting go until that trouble gets dealt with. I'm going to see it all the way through. Hallelujah. Because I know that God is blessing me right now. I know I'm going to make it. I know I'm coming out victorious. I know God has a plan. Glory to God. Glory to God. Saints, you're called to it. You're called to it. 
You're called to press beyond the limits. Don't let anything, depression, despair, and discouragement, hold you down. You cast that mess out and say, glory to God, I know who I am and I know to whom I belong and I know what he's promised me and I'm going to stand on his word. I don't care what happens, come hell, come high water, I'm going all the way with Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God.